The World Health Organization says more than 400 migrants are among those who lost their lives in last week's devastating floods in eastern Libya. Thousands of African and Middle Eastern migrants are temporarily based there, many of them hoping to reach Europe. Well, our correspondent Anna Foster joins us live now from eastern Libya. And Anna, just tell us more about these comments from the WHO and the wider situation regarding migrants in Libya. Well, these comments, I think, really add to, to some of the, the confusion in a way. It sounds strange to say that, but some of the confusion in terms of how many people have been affected by this disaster in Derna, because it's correct. There are all kinds of different people who are living in Libya at the moment, economic migrants from different places, people who are hoping to potentially travel on to Europe for a better life. There are people from different parts of Africa. Um, but what we find it very hard to know at this stage is really how many of those people have been involved in this. We've seen figures from uh, the Red Crescent and the Red Cross. We've seen figures as well from uh, the United Nations, from OCHA. And um, what we know is that many thousands of people were affected by this. And we know that the slow speed really of managing to recover many of those victims contributes to, to, to some of the difficulties in actually identifying a, a clear death toll because many of those victims were swept out to sea and we've seen very sadly those bodies day after day beginning to wash ashore. But also recovery teams who are working in Derna are continuing to dig through you know, in some cases, the, the very high piles of mud and silt that people are buried in, going through buildings that have been destroyed. So all of those things together make it, I think, you know, very difficult to know for quite some time exactly how many people were involved in this and exactly who they were. And that's surely then compounded by the fact that there is a lack of a true unified national government in Libya to be able to respond to this you know, across the country. Yeah, that's been a problem from the beginning, in fact, before this disaster even happened, because these years and years of conflict have really taken their toll on Libya's infrastructure. So it meant that in the very first days, they didn't have many of the, the civil contingencies in place that other countries who hadn't been affected by a long civil war would have. And then when it came, of course, to aid, to rescue teams actually coming into the country, again, that caused a problem because the Eastern Libyan authorities are the ones who are not internationally recognized. The internationally recognized government is the one in Tripoli in the west of Libya. But of course, there is so much tension between those two administrations. It made it you know, difficult for, for some countries in the early days. And in fact, the UK Foreign Secretary James Cleverly talked about this on the BBC a few days ago. Difficult to actually coordinate and get access to the country at a time like that. And it means that tensions will continue to be high. We saw some rescue workers, some recovery workers come from west to east. There is now uh, a suggestion that uh, it might be time for them to, to go back again. Um, again, all of these things, when you take them together, when you look at the layer upon layer of issues that Libya is having to deal with, with a natural disaster on top of conflict, it really shows you how difficult this whole situation is to deal with. And Anna, whilst you've been talking, we've been showing our viewers pictures from the city of Derna. The, the city has been destroyed. What is the latest on the ground? Well, in terms of how that city might be rebuilt, people are starting to have those conversations. But that seems to be a really long way in the future. It is still very much about recovery of the victims at the moment on the one side, uh, people doing the best they can to, to give them some kind of dignity, to also identify bodies through DNA testing where they can, to make sure that if families try to reclaim them in the future, that they would be, re be able to be reunited with their loved ones. And then on the other side of that, you have the need to try and put something in place 
for the people who survived this. Um, various international organisations have talked about the fear of, of disease, the fact that water has been, uh, in some cases, contaminated by you know, the, the huge amount of, uh, of pollution that has been washing around there. So trying to have things like medical care in place, for example, trying to have things like clean running water. Uh, we saw a, a communications cut yesterday. Electricity in some places has begun to be restored. But again, you have this huge ongoing, almost parallel operation uh, to try and make the city as safe and as livable as possible for the people who survived this. Anna, Anna Foster, thank you.